Hello, hello, hello. We're just two normal dudes trying to live this Jesus life. My name's Josh. Hey, I'm Andrew, and we are This Jesus Life Podcast. Josh, how you doing, my friend? Dude, I'm doing fantastic. Cannot complain (laughs) these days. Good. We had a few technical difficulties, and I had to fix a sprinkler, which I'm not sure I actually fixed uh, before Wait, recording. Is that where you went? You had to go fix a sprinkler? Yeah, yeah to try to... Sp- my my wife picked up this $5 like uh, spider sprinkler with these, like, you know, like the... Uh, at car dealerships, how they have like those dancing guys that air blows into them. Like, yeah, yeah. Basically, like those arms, except the water fills it up and the spider's legs are supposed to go crazy. Um, but I don't think it's actually working. Hey. So, anyway, I was trying to do that and uh, I don't know if it worked or not, but you know, A for effort. Mm, all we can do is try. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, man. You having a good week? I am. I'm tired. I think I had a pretty eventful dream. I don't remember really all the details of this dream. I just remember being eventful. So I think I'm tired from sleeping. That's that's kind of the day <laughs> that I'm having today. Tired from sleeping. <laughs> Dude. I'm not really sure what to do with that. <laughs> with, with two little kids, tired from sleeping sounds like the dream. Uh, to me, like I just slept does, so yeah. much and so well, <laughs> I'm tired from it and I could really go for a nap. That's like when you take a nap in the afternoon and like you did it just a little too long and now you're, you're exhausted. Disoriented for the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, is today still today? What is going on here? Isn't that the weirdest thing when you wake up and you're like, what day is it now? Like, I don't right? know. I don't know who, where I am takes like, anymore. Takes like a, like a solid three to five minutes where you're just like, ah, uh, I'm not. I know I'm awake. Oh, I think I'm awake. I'm just, just getting my bearings here for a second. Just give me a few. Uh, I'll catch up here in a moment. <laughs> totally, man. It's like a system restart on a computer. Yeah, and I have not napped for a long time during the day. When I was in Colorado, um, you know this, Josh, but I've worked from home for a long time. And when we lived in Colorado, I had a um, little like dub, like little couch basically um, in my office. Um, and dude, I in one season I got accustomed to like short fifteen to twenty minute naps on that thing um, mm. in the middle of the workday, and it was awesome. Um, but there was one day where I woke up like an hour after I planned to wake up and was just totally disoriented and then looked at my calendar and I had like three or four zoom calls starting like a minute from then. <laughs> I was like, that was a horrible day. Man. Still out of it. You're like, Hey, day. uh, hi. Uh, why are we meeting again? <laughs> and they were ones that I, I had like planned and I was leading and stuff. So it was like, just not ideal. Uh, yeah, I would. This was out a couple weeks ago. There was a meeting with a bunch of different apartments. Um, and apparently I was like the focus of the meeting, which I didn't know before going into the meeting. <laughs> Nobody told me it just showed up on my calendar. So I was like, I'm supposed to be there. But I went to, uh, I went and grabbed some food late. And then I take my dog for a walk and I just didn't realize what time it was. So my boss <laughs> texts me. He's like, Hey, dude, you're going to jump in this meeting? And I was like, Oh, shoot. Yeah. Give me, give me just a couple minutes. I'll run back inside. So I ran inside. I'm now like, I don't know, five, 10 minutes late to this meeting. <laughs> oh, shoot. I jump on. 
the first question is like, hey, Josh, just kind of introduce yourself to everybody else. And there's like 15, 20 people. Oh, my me. gosh. Um, wow. And then they proceeded to just ask me a bunch of questions. And I was like, oh, gosh. Wow. <laughs> That's brutal. Oh, man. I think that wasn't fired. No one, no one got rid of me because I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. The time. But let's be honest. <laughs> Little do you know, they were, time, they were just, uh, they were basically just like, okay, who can we replace Josh with? We need to ask yeah. him all these questions and, uh, and don't let him. Meeting. This meeting's going to be. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> sorry, guys, I got a cheeseburger and I was uh, taking my dog for a walk. And they're like, can Ooh, we move up the firing? Like, can we let him go? Yeah. <laughs> And this be strike three already? Holy crap. It's <laughs> ah, funny. That's funny, man. Yeah. No. Thankfully, uh, no nap today. Uh, so, no, I am semi-focused uh, after fixing the sprinkler. That's fair. Well, and now you feel like you've accomplished something. You fixed a sprinkler today. So, that's a win. Yeah. I mean, I put in a solid effort. I don't know if I fixed it, but I did what I could. Uh, that's for sure. That's yeah, man. We can ask for these days, especially exactly. in Pennsylvania, where you guys are still locked down and right. have no freedom. Right. Exactly. Might as well be in China, you know. Yeah, it's but true. dude, speaking of <laughs> speaking of freedom, uh, I think we're <laughs> nice still. <segue. laughs> uh, it was like, how do I do this? Speaking of freedom, how are we? Uh, <laughs> what are we doing? today in uh in galatians because i know we're talking about the gospel um but what's going on in part two of we're our Galatians series a lot about the gospel as we go through galatians yes um we will be bringing it up constantly because that's really the point of all paul is trying to get across to the church in uh in galatia is Hey, stop adding things to this gospel. Stop trying to manipulate and change it. Anyone that's mm-hmm. doing that to you, tell them to stop it. But you better stop it doing it to other people as well. Um, and I think that's going to be kind of our focus today. So we're in Galatians chapter 2. Um, we're going to skip some verses in there. We never said we're going to go through every verse. That's up to you and Jesus. You should just read your Bible um, <laughs> in relationship, of course, with Christ, not just read it for reading's sake. But um, right. um, we're going to skip the end of one in the beginning of two and really all it's getting covered in those verses is Paul is just defending his position and his gospel. Well, I should say Christ's gospel that he has been preaching. Um, and he's kind of laying that out there. We read over it and it's great for the context of Paul's authority to speak on the topic, uh, but not super applicable to applying it to our own lives. Um, at least not with like twisting some things and just pulling little bits of it out of context. But so we figure, well, let's just keep moving and we can definitely apply this next set of verses to, um, to our lives. So this is uh, Galatians chapter two, starting with verse 11. If you have the NIV, the section titles, Paul opposes Cephas, Cephas. which like, yeah, which starts out with like when Cephas came to Antioch and Antioch is where Paul spent a lot of his time. Um, I opposed him to his face, Paul writes to the Galatians, because he stood condemned. Condemned. And we read that verse before we started recording, and I think Andrew had a really good point. Um, We need to bring more fire and brimstone just into Christianity. There's not enough. Yeah, and Josh, as you said, we need to really step up our condemnation game. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think think we're just not doing it enough. 
Right. Not nearly enough. <laughs> Yeah, so we're going to actually spend the next, you know, chunk of time on our podcast, just creating a list of people that we publicly condemned Yeah, <laughs> uh, for a variety of just, different reasons. It yeah, might not be gospel reasons, it might just names. be reasons in general. It's yeah, highly subjective. Them. Yeah. We're going to give yeah. you their phone numbers. We're going to give you their addresses and <laughs> you know, you know, how, you know what to do with them. Uh, right. Yeah, you, you've been you've been around the block. You've seen cancel culture play itself out. We just need you to do that as well. Right. So, right. Andrew, why don't you start with the first two names, and then I'll come with the next two. <laughs> uh, no chance. No chance. Oh man. Yeah. It's it is funny though to see Paul like be so straight up in the face of the Cephas character. I don't know much about him, um, but yeah, I mean. There is something to say for being um, like fervent for the gospel truth, you know, and and being like, no, I'm going to make sure the right gospel is preached and that there's not all the stuff added to it. Um, and apparently Cephas was a big piece of what was adding to the gospel and kind of, I say adding to the gospel, but w- what I really mean is like putting chains around people um, rather than liberating people with the gospel truth. So um yeah, man. I don't know. I don't think we should actually up our condemnation game, and I don't think we should uh, spend chunks of the podcast doing uh, public condemnation. Um, that could change, you know. Always open to changes. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was totally so joking. like this this Instagram post I just created with the list of names. I should should I post it. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Oh shoot, you already posted it, man. It's live. It's live. I probably did. So if you follow me, you've now seen my condemnation list. Josh, uh, that's what we're gonna I call. am the number uh, one person on your list. What's, are we about well, to talk publicly? <laughs> I don't know. This is awkward. <laughs> don't <laughs> um, know how to say it. Where do we go from here? Where do we go yeah. from here? Um, no. Uh, but so essentially what's happening in these verses, if you haven't taken the time to read them, man, again, read them in relationship with Jesus. So spend some time with Christ, expecting Christ to speak to your heart in the midst of these things. But essentially the story that's happening here is um, when Cephas showed up to Antioch, Paul saw it a point to correct an incorrect gospel um, that Cephas was teaching. And this is really the only time we see Paul condemn anyone. We saw this in the last chapter as well, didn't we? Yeah. This type of yes. language, not, mm-hmm. not the, the specific combination, but like, like God's wrath curse you or something like that. I can't remember mm-hmm. what it was, but, um, but it's always surrounding gospel, right? And we, we described the gospel last week. It's described in first Corinthians 15. Um, Paul describes the gospel. The gospel is Christ crucified, Christ resurrected. It's the foundation of Christianity, um, which I know can, be difficult because everyone thought it was the Bible, but it's not. Uh, the foundation of Christianity is that Jesus went to the cross as the sacrifice for for sins to restore relationship between God and God's creation, humanity. Um, he conquered death three days later so we can do the same and follow him in that process. Um, that is the foundation of everything that we believe. Now, Scripture is great in the sense that it's the recorded Word of God, and we have you know, the actual account of all those things happening in Christ in the Gospels, yeah. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Um, and it's a beautiful thing that we have in our hands. It's not just oral tradition where we've passed it down from generation to generation, but we had the eyewitnesses of the day uh, write it down, and now we have a record of of what happened during that time. But um, the foundation is is Christ crucified and Christ resurrected. Um, and when we start adding things to that is the only time that Paul really starts to 
to push against in a pretty um, harsh, in a pretty uh, strict way, uh, because it's it's the everything to our our faith. And if you're teaching something opposite of that, it, it can cause uh, a lot of angst and cause a lot of frustration and cause a lot of burdens of people that are trying to follow something that isn't. So in this case, Cephas' uh, issue was you know, he was requiring Gentiles, those that weren't Jews that came to know Christ to follow Jewish customs. Like that's what he was preaching. Um, We see the same argument between Paul and Peter um, in Acts, right? Um, And the funny thing is it's a similar, um, it's a similar um, rebuke as well. Like this is uh, Galatians 2 verse 14 uh, towards the end of 14. Um, It says, well, I said to Cephas in front of them all, (laughs) Oh, Paul. That's right. Uh, he says, you're a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish traditions or true, yeah. Jewish customs? Mm-hmm. Um, and just this moment of like, dude, like you're telling people they need to be circumcised. You're telling people they need to you know, stop eating pork or certain foods. You're telling people uh, that they need to uh, practice these festivals and these traditions. Um, and yet, you, want, you don't do them yourself. You live in the freedom right. that's found in Christ. And mm-hmm. yet you're throwing all these things on top of other people around you. And I think, um, I think for our conversation today, I think that's a great thing to focus in on. Um, you know, what are, what are the things or the requirements or the wanted behaviors that you're placing on other Christians, um, that isn't gospel. Um, and now you're creating a burden on them that shouldn't be a burden on them. Um, and it, it's a great point. Um, and yeah. And let me, as you were talking, I remembered from last week, we, we had been texting a little bit after the episode and, um, if you remember, Josh, we were talking about kind of like the role of basically what is the real, what is the true gospel? And it's like bare form. You know, what is it? And um, if you don't know or you haven't heard, go back and listen to it. Maybe we'll talk about it more in a minute. But um, we were talking about adding things to the gospel um, in a similar context to this and started talking about some current examples of things that in your life and in my life have at times become things that we focused on much more than the gospel or, or maybe not more than, but more than we should have, you know? And I was talking about like Dr. Jordan Peterson and like his work and his videos and book and all kinds of things um, that that had kind of cropped up to a point in my life where I was thinking way more about that than about, um, my relationship with the Lord. And I don't know, we kind of danced around that and talked about that and talked about the idea of like, when you're elevating that or the Enneagram or this one preacher or this one thing so much that you start to make that part of the gospel of like, Oh, okay. You like you asked to start a real relationship with Jesus. Like you prayed and you accepted uh, what he did, the sacrifice uh, on the cross in your life. Now, now you should go and take the Enneagram. Now you should go read this book by Jordan Peterson on the 12 rules for life or 12 more rules, whatever his new book is, you know? And uh, mm-hmm. I was thinking about it. Like, I think the the heart of what makes those issues really dangerous, even if it's this, this, hey, Cephas, you're asking Gentiles to live like Jews, even when you aren't, um, aren't a living like a Jew yourself. 
I think at some level it's, it's idolatry, man. It's like you are putting something in the space of God and of the good news and the gospel that is not God is not the good news and is not the gospel. Um, you know, I don't know if that, mm. that makes sense, but I think it's on the level of like idolatry. And, and I don't think like, I think we, we always think of idolatry. Sorry, I'm totally taking us down a tangent, but maybe no, it'll good. play right no. back in. Um, yeah. I always think of idolatry with like, you know, old Testament, like started worshiping Baal, Baal, however you say it, B-A-A-L, you know, and like sacrificing yeah. children and like doing all these things that we read. And it's like, that's blatantly terrible and wrong. And like you traded out God for the, for a false God, you know? Um, and, but I think idolatry is the slow creep of anything in your life that then becomes the gospel. Um, or becomes your God, I should say. Um, but I think in, in when you are a Christ follower, that might look like things you're adding to the gospel and you're putting more and more weight on and more and more thought into. And, and then you just slowly drift away from Jesus, mm-hmm. slowly drift away from your relationship with the Lord and start connecting everything you are and everything you think through the the lens of something that isn't God, you know? Um, so that's my thought, my, my recap, uh, or my <laughs> callback to, to last episode, um, is I, I feel like the the right word hit me about 24 hours after we recorded. And I think it is idolatry, man. Um, in one way or another. So, well, it is like, cause even going back to the Israelites, you know, um, around, you know, sitting around Mount Sinai. Like what ends up happening is they think that God's ways just aren't enough. So we need to do something else. Right. Um, so it's, we need to build these altars so we can be like the other pagans or you continue through Jewish history and it's, well, we need a King because other others have Kings and we need to be like others. Yeah. Uh, like yeah, at yeah. some point along the way, God just stopped being enough. Their relationship mm-hmm. um, and being the chosen people of God, which just wasn't enough. So they have to add to it. Um, and then, you know, they goes even to the temple. God never wanted the temple. Right. Um, and digging into that of like, well, they wanted the temple because everyone else had a temple. They wanted a mm-hmm. physical representation of, of their God. Yeah. Um, and God's like, I'm, I'm everywhere. This is why the tabernacle is so important. I'm, I'm mobile. I'm around. I'm not yeah. stuck in one building. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that piece of it too. So I, I think we still do the same thing, whether yeah. we're Jews or Gentiles, it doesn't matter. Um, at some point along the way, God's just not enough. The gospel is not enough for my salvation. It's not enough for me to continue to live in this life. So I have to find other things to fill that, that, that gap. Um, and I think that's where we get in a lot of trouble. Um, yeah. I'm just trying to think like, even like, you know, it's certain individuals voices in your lives, whether, you yeah. know, like you said, yeah. Gene Peterson or a preacher, or even maybe your counselor. Um, mm-hmm. like these are all good things. Um, in the grand scheme of things, like, you know, Eugene Peterson is, is teaching, you know, gospel truth in a lot of ways. He's teaching, you know, scriptural truth in other ways. Um, you know, preachers, I would hope is the same. And if it's a Christian counselor, I'd hope that's the same. But the second that they elevate in your mind to anything else, or you elevate it for someone else, you yeah. end up in this place that, you know, we're, I'm a part of a, a network um, of churches that's called the Relational Discipleship Network. And we have a model of, of doing church. Um, and in the midst of that, 
you know, that model can become your God if you're not too careful, right? Hmm. Like yeah. your model can be worshipped, and this is for any church, but your model can be worshipped as this is, you know, this is the the next bee's knees. This is going to change everything. Um, yeah. And you miss God in the midst of that. And you're like, even if you do change people, it, it's pointless. Um, even if you do try to provide hope for people, um, you're now providing a false sense of hope because it's an empty hope. It's not based on Christ and, and Christ's sacrifice. Um, and when we miss all that, then, then we end up in the same place that, that um, Cephas is in. We end up at the same place that um, the, the Jews were in. Um, as they walk with God before the coming of Christ, um, that we're trying to do something and now we're creating a separation, like you said, an idolatry between us and God, because yeah. we've turned our focus away from God towards something else. Um, and yeah. I think it's important too, like to, to get us back to the topic at hand, like right. um, when we look at our, when we look at our behavior, um, like let's step back a little bit more, I guess, like you have influence over people. You just do. Um, you have influence over your friends, you have influence over your children, you have influence um, over uh, employees, you have influence. There's a variety of different ways that you have influence in this life. Whether you have authority over them or not doesn't really matter. You do have influence over a ton of people. Right. And what you do with that influence really matters. So when it comes to Christianity and walking with Christ, um, when you add things onto the plate um, for those individuals, um, and I'm saying like you're you know, you're saying like you were saying like, oh, now that you've you know found the gospel, you should you know read this book about from you know from this preacher or whatever. Um, like you got to be really careful about how you present those things as tools. Um, and I think this is where the church in general gets off track: is we present these things because they're helpful and and you know they come from a good heart and a good place in the sense of you know we think it's important, we think it's helpful to explain a certain theological idea. Um, whatever the reason is we're, we're giving them this book. Um, but if we're not really careful to connect it back to the gospel, um, we've missed something, right? There, there's a famous quote out there by Charles Spurgeon. Um, Charles Spurgeon was a preacher um, mm -hmm. in the early 1900s. I think it was the early 1900s. Now I'm questioning that's that. right. Uh, I'm pretty, I'm almost positive. Um, but he said, you know, no matter what I preach, I make a beeline back to the cross. Um, and I think this should be the same of our lives, no matter what I'm doing, no matter what um, I'm saying, I should always be making a beeline back to the cross. I should be living the gospel always um, because it, one, it, it's foundational to me and my faith. So I, I walk, continue to walk with Christ and the freedom that's found in Christ and his gospel. Um, but two, I want others to do the same and I don't want to put unfair burdens on them that God never intended for to be on them. Um, yeah, man. One of the, that, that I make a beeline back to God, Charles Spurgeon, um, no matter what I say, um, or preach, I make a beeline back to God. Like that's pretty awesome. And, and that's a good to the cross. Sorry. That's a, that's a good focus. Um, that like, that's a thing that can keep you on track. Right. Um, especially if you're influencing others through the lens of, of preaching, but really however you're influencing, um, it's an important thing to, to, be like, am I leading towards the cross or am I leading towards me? Um, and I was mm. just thinking about like uh, Cephas and, and Paul talks about this often of like, you are making Gentiles get circumcised um, basically to show, Hey, I'm a Christian. Um, I'm a, I'm a Christ follower now. And I'm going to like 
step back into this Jewish tradition of getting circumcised. And I'm going to choose to do that to show how, how devoted I am. And, you know, this was, this was a, a prime example of like this thing being added to being a follower of Christ and being elevated to gospel of like, if you want to be a real Christ follower, it's not just about the heart. You got to do this physical action too. Um, because the Jews were, the people that um, Jesus came through, you know, they were God's chosen people. Um, but like thinking about the action of, you know, literally getting circumcised, it is a a thing that like it, I could understand how somebody could come preaching that level of you got to go do this thing. And, and then the people who are really zealous and who are bought in um, and maybe aren't as, as, mature or deep, you know, brand new followers of Christ. They're just like, yeah, I'm going to do that. Like I'm going to do, I'm going to basically get this surgery. I'm going to undergo lots of physical pain. I'm going to be able to not work for a few days. I'm going to be on laying down, you know, like hurt uh, for a while as I recover. And it's like this, it almost just replaces the need to change the heart when you can do something that's like, I physically sacrificed in such a way that it makes me a real follower of Christ, you know? Um, so all I'm saying is, I guess that I could understand how this was spreading and how this was becoming a thing because it's like, no, no, mm. the true believers, like Cephas might've been saying like the true believers, if you want to take it one step further, it'd be even closer in your relationship with the mm. Lord. You got to get sacrificed because that was part of the Jewish tradition. And we know the people, uh, the Jewish people and their traditions came from God. Like that was, uh, there's a big history there. So anyway, but to me, it's like almost taking advantage of the zealous and the, the people who aren't as mature. And in the same way you were talking about like, okay, you just accepted Christ. Here's this book about other stuff that, that you should know. And pretty soon you're like following that author and, and hanging on every word that they say, because you're like, my church told me this is the next step. You know, that's, that's mm-hmm. all I know is like, I got to read this thing and memorize it. And there's all these quotes that make so much sense to me. And man, this guy, I, I want to be like this guy. If I want to follow God, like that's what I need to do. Um, and, mm-hmm. and you start replacing the gospel with an author or with a physical act yeah. of getting circumcised. And I don't think the problem has changed and that I, much. <laughs> I think it's just no, no, maybe a little different context. Yeah. And like, I get the struggle in the sense that like, yeah, if the gospel is simply that, and all I have to do is Christ said is, you know, believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord and confess with my lips. Um, and I'll be saved. Like, yeah, that doesn't seem like a lot in all honesty. Um, in comparison yeah. to the sins that I've committed, um, the things that I've done. Um, yeah, that, that doesn't seem like that's enough. Um, and that's just poor view of, of the sacrifice of Christ and what that looked like. Um, but for you, yeah, it, it isn't a lot. Um, it's, it's literally, a, you know, you believe that Jesus is who he said he was and did what he said he was going to do. And then he conquered death. Uh, yeah. Like that is the gospel. And now it's my life following Christ because this is what he's done for me. Um, 
I, I get the tension that people run into of like, that can't be enough. You know, this is why you get into the debate about, well, if you don't speak in tongues, you're, you're not a Christian. Yeah. Uh, and you're like, yeah, eh, you're, you're adding to the gospel. I'm sorry. Um, I, we won't get into the tongues debate in general, but like from that perspective, you're 100% wrong. Um, like that right. isn't a sign of, of gospel truth because accepting the gospel is pretty simple. It's believing in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God, did what he said he was going to do, and died in your place for the forgiveness for your sins. And you confess that with with your mouth. So you have to say it out loud that Jesus is Lord. And that's it. Um, adding anything else to that, you have a problem. Um, and you know, as you continue to flesh out your relationship with Jesus after coming to know Jesus, man, it's so easy to get derailed on other ideas and theology and yep. what's important and what's not important. And I think that's why it's so important to to foster a relationship with Christ because it's the only thing that's going to keep you on track, right? Because you don't know any better. Like if you're a young Christian, you don't know any better. You don't know that you know you're not supposed to, you know. Uh, that not all Christians, you know, go to, you know, seminary every morning, you know, at right. 6 a.m. Right. <laughs> Dealing from the, the Mormons, not saying they're Christians. Sorry, Mormons. Um, we <laughs> love you as people, but um, your theology is wrong. Um, I don't know if we have a lot of Mormons listening either, uh, but I have no um, idea. We, uh, th- so there's that piece of it too, of like, you just don't know any better. So you're going to do what others are telling you to do um, right. because you're new right. to this whole thing. So you're just following. Um, yeah, but the key for a new believer is we have to teach them skills so they can foster a relationship with Jesus themselves. So mm-hmm. we call them Jesus habits. We've talked about on this podcast early on, yeah. um, but we do all of these things like reading your Bible and prayer and fasting and biblical, you know, Bible memorization um, and community and fellowship with one another and whatever other ones that I'm not thinking of right now. Um, Right, we do all those things in relationship with Christ. We do them to foster relationship with Christ, and that's the only reason we do them. We don't do them because other people told us to do them. We don't do them mm-hmm. because um, you know this is what good Christians do. And we want to be seen as a good Christian. Um, we don't do these things because we need a bunch more information and knowledge. Um, we do these things to foster relationship with Jesus. And the goal of all that is, if you're fostering relationship with Jesus, you have a better understanding of what Jesus is going to say and what he's not going to say, and you have a better ability to discern God's voice in your life. Um, so as you're walking with Jesus, um, and if you foster a relationship with Jesus, so let's just kind of go through the timeline. You've given your life to Christ. You've you've believed in your heart. You've confessed with your mouth. Um, you're now a, a secured believer in Jesus, uh, meaning he's forgiven your sins. You've now been restored in relationship with God, and the Holy Spirit now lives inside of you, so you have direct connection back to God. Um, you've been taught how to foster a relationship with Jesus, and you've matured in that process, Um and now you're at a place where people are throwing ideas at you. I'm like, oh, you should listen to this preacher, and you're listening to this preacher, mm-hmm. and things just start to, 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 you know, your red flags start to go off about whatever. Um, you're like, oh, that's that's weird that he said that. I thought Jesus said it this way. Um, and now you you've kind of ha- you have that that balance of, yeah, something just doesn't feel right in my spirit. Um, in this moment. And now I can take that back to Jesus and just be like, Hey, when I was listening to so-and-so Jesus, like I heard him say this and it just, that felt really weird. And is that right? Like, is, is that of you? Is that not of you? Um, and then there's those moments and that you get to walk through. And then you find those people that love Jesus and love you to walk with you in the same process. But um, I think we miss out on all of that because, you know, we're just so eager Maybe it's American Christianity. I don't know if it's a Western Christianity idea. Um, 
that it's just work-based religion or it's just Christians in general. Um, it's just part of, you know, human makeup um, to, to feel like we have to do more or we have to do certain things, certain ways. Um, and we just replace this fostering with Jesus um, peace uh, so often um, with other things, maybe because they're more tangible. Maybe that's it. Um, because we don't feel like I was talking with someone not that long ago. We we're just talking about emotions and feelings in general yeah. Um, and how our emotions and our feelings, they're, they're deceptive in nature. They just are. Um, we mm-hmm. can't make decisions, rely on them um, in any way. Now you should feel them. I'm not saying push emotion out of your life, but I am saying don't make decisions um, based off emotion. Um, so don't even make decisions based off who you think God's character is based on how you feel. Like God is not absent from your life. He's not going anywhere. Um, he is actively involved and actively there with you. Um, and oftentimes we miss that because we have this, this, this feeling that we're, you know, we're alone, that God's not around, but we know that's not true. God is in everything around everything. And not only that, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. So you're directly connected to God. Um, but if we trusted our emotions, then yeah, there's times you're going to feel like, well, God must be distant from me. And that's just not. Like Jesus was forsaken at the cross, so you will never be forsaken. And I think that's oftentimes hard for us to remember. Uh, I agree. I, 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 I wholeheartedly agree. Thing, but no, hopefully I, it triggers something for you. I, I, I totally, that that makes so much sense, man. And I was just a closing, not even necessarily closing, closing, but a, a lot, like a thought, like the back to you have to do this physical thing or you have to follow this person, or you have to speak in tongues, or whatever it is. Like, Say you were preaching a gospel, and it's like, you're not a real Christian unless you cut off your pinky. Uh, because, you know, something, something said, cut off your pinky in the Bible. Sorry for the background noise. Daughter is upset. Um, but say that were the case of you have to cut off your pinky uh, to be a real Christ follower. Well, it's like, at first you're like, well, that is like the most extreme crazy thing ever. But then you keep hearing it and you keep thinking, well, that must be the real gospel. And and at some degree, you're also like, well, if I just cut off my pinky, like it's going to suck for a minute and maybe I'll miss it for a long time. But it's like, it's done after that, you know, like it's, it's one and done. And, uh, and it's this physical pain that once it's over, like it'll be, I can just adjust and live normal life, you know, uh, based on that. And uh, I don't know, it's just, it's something that can make you do the act, uh, whatever it might be of cut off the pinky or fake speaking in tongues, or maybe really speak in tongues. I don't know. Um, or get circumcised or say you got circumcised sized or whatever. And the reality is it's like, the real gospel penetrates the heart, penetrates your your mind, makes you change the way you live over time, uh, makes you change the, the way you lead others and the things you say and don't say and the way you minister to those around you. Um, a physical act is just a physical act, man. And it's something that everybody else can see. Um, but it doesn't mean it's something that actually touched your heart uh, or, or changed the way you live, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. So if you're listening, don't cut off your pinky. I, I do not endorse that uh, no, by any means. <laughs> not for the sake of the gospel. Or Josh, is, Josh is fine with it. Two truths and a lie. I cut yeah. off my pinky. Um, 
wait, take off your glove. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a story. Yeah. I'd say go for it. Why not? <laughs> uh, if you do go for it, though, we didn't condone it. So that's exactly. You. You're the exactly. Idiot. We uh, do not endorse, endorse that at all. But I don't know if that makes any sense yeah. or if I'm just like wasting time on this point. I'm just trying to like, I'm not trying to waste time in any means. I'm just really trying to like, I usually skim right past this stuff when I read the Bible uh, or listen to the Bible. And man, I don't know, for whatever reason, it's it's hitting me because that is the stuff that Cephas was preaching and that others were, were preaching that you need to add to the gospel. And I was just trying to think like, why would people even go for that? Why would everybody jump in and be like, yeah, we got to get or got to get circumcised and we got to cut off our pinky. We got to do whatever, you know? Um, and maybe that's why, maybe that's some of why is you got to like, everybody else can see it and you, you go through literal pain and sacrifice for something like that. And then you can internally kind of check the box and be like, I'm good to go. Like I'm going to live in heaven forever. That's what God wanted of me. And that's kind of all the heart and life change that is required. Um, until somebody else lumped something else on, right? Like there's, there might be a next thing coming like, well, you know, 2.0, there's this other thing you got to do too. And this other thing and this other thing. And it's like, wait, what even is the gospel? What, why are we here? You know, um, what, what, what even is the point of all of this? And it's like, well, it's to do all these things. And that's the enemy's goal, right? Like if the enemy can get us bickering, confused, um, like that's going to be the opposite of unity, you know, that we're defined by, right? Like Jesus said, you know, they're going to know you're my disciple by your love for one another. Um, yeah. It gets us off track that we're not focusing on all these things. Now we're just focusing on being right or our theology is better than your theology um, right. rather than focusing on, you know, Christ crucified. Um, then we miss all of that. <clears throat> so I, I think that's, that's a piece. And getting back to kind of the original idea, now that we've like going back like six times, we're sorry, we're <laughs> all over the place today. We apologize. Uh, but getting back to that original idea of like, you have influence over people. So with that influence mm-hmm. over people, like what are you doing to make sure mm-hmm. the gospel stays at the forefront of your life and helps them uh, for it to stay at the forefront of their lives? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's reminding yourself what the gospel is and then the freedom that you have, you know, found in that gospel. Like we're not a law-based faith anymore. Like Jesus fulfilled the old covenant. It's taken care of. We live in complete freedom um, yep. in this life. Um, you know, sin is still destructive. Sin is still going to destroy your lives and the lives around you. Um, but um, you have the ability to overcome sin through through Christ's uh, power and Christ's example as he leads you through the sanctification process, the process of becoming more like him. That's um, the beauty of, of this new life. But uh, verse 19 of, of Galatians here, uh, Galatians 2, uh, for through the law I died uh, to the law so that I might live for God, um, meaning the law became king. I tried to obey all the commandments, and that's how I, I'd live yeah. for God. Um, verse 20, I have been crucified now with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for its righteousness uh, could be gained through the law. Christ died for nothing. Um, so it's this beauty of, like, it's not up to me anymore. It's not up to me to live this life right. It's not up to me to, um, 
to do all the right things so I might live for God. It's up to me uh, to foster relationship with Christ and let Christ live through me, meaning he's going to guide me step by step through this life. Um, I think so all too often that, you know, when we look at sin, and I think we talked about this at some point, but there's this idea that Jesus died so um, we would sin less. And that's not the goal of of why he went to the cross or even why he, he was the sacrifice for sin. It was to restore relationship between you and God. Um, and I think we often miss that piece. It's all, it's this relationship piece. That's it. Um, and when we walk in relationship with Jesus, you'll be amazed at how he guides you through that process. Um, you know, you might be dealing with 17 different sins right now. That may be a low ball count. Who knows? Um, and you're like, well, I feel so overwhelmed that I have to conquer all 17 sins in my life. And you're yeah. like, yeah, you on your own, that sounds impossible. You uh, should but be you overwhelmed. In Christ, yeah. and Christ living in you, it's no longer you living, but Christ living. It's walking through those those seasons and Jesus saying, hey, I, I want you to, to focus on doing this, this, and this today. Maybe it's loving people better in some way. Um, and he's like, I, I just want you to... Uh, to pay attention and be intentional about the relationships that are already around you and how you're perceived in the midst of those relationships. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can do that. I can think through those things. Um, and now I start to, you know, genuinely care and have compassion for people around me because I get to see their situation and see where they're at. Um, and I start to love them better. So now I'm knocking off two different sins that I've been, you know, dealing with of not loving people well. And yet Jesus gave me clear instruction on what to do in this situation um, or in this season of life. And now, you know, I'm knocking these sins. Now the goal isn't to sin less, right? Like that's not the goal. Um, The goal is to walk in relationship with Jesus. A byproduct of that, yes, is you're going to sin less. You're going to become more like Christ. You're going to love people better. You're going to live out the great great commandments better. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. You're you're going to do those things better than you've ever done them. But you do that not by self-effort or your own ability or even your own understanding for that matter. You do it in relationship with Jesus and let him guide the way. And I think so often we take back those reins over and over again. And we start adding to the gospel. And then, you know, those that we have influence with, just like we're Cephas, they pick up our bad habits and our bad traits um, of all these things that we're doing for God. And because we want to we want to live for God and living for God means I have to do these 50 things um, rather mm-hmm. than just walking in relationship with Jesus, the freedom of, of this gospel. Um, and now all these people that I have influence over are now copying me and doing the same exact thing. And now I'm leading them astray. Um, you know, cause I don't think, you know, even go back to this specific story. Like, I don't think Cephas was being intentional of, of leading people astray. I don't, I don't think he was just being like, well, I just need to, I need to make these, these Jews. I need to like lower them down to a standard right. or like, right. you think they're too high and mighty. I'm going to put more crap right. on them. So they're mm-hmm. not, or maybe it's a, a racist thing. And you know, that him as a Jew is like, oh, I'm better than them. So they got to do all these things. So they're like me. Whatever the issue, I don't think that was the case. I genuinely think he's coming from these customs. These are what he had to do his whole life. Um, he still wants to be to live for God, and these are the things yeah. that identified you that you live for God. And he mm-hmm. didn't know any better. He didn't under fully understand this this new gospel that Jesus introduced through sacrifice and resurrection. And I think that's the biggest piece of all. Like we can be yeah. Cephas so easily. Uh, yeah in our lives with those around us. So we have to be on guard um, because yep. I don't know about you, but like it would break my heart if I put unnecessary burdens on people because I told them that this was gospel truth. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Like, yep. And we get to yeah, heaven because and Jesus let, like, let me just pause you, like Josh. Like I know you, and if you if you believe something to be part of the gospel, and you are preaching that to others, you're teaching ways to tangibly do that. Then the reality is, you're going to go the extra mile and do everything you can to hold people accountable to that. You know that you have influence over, and you know you essentially, like you were just about to say, I think might get to when you're face to face with the Lord, and He's like, Josh. Why did you add all this crap to the gospel? Like, why did you do this? You wasted time. And honestly, you led some people astray with that. Like, or you led people to thinking that the gospel was one thing that it wasn't. Um, you, yeah. and you know, you can sit there and say, I, I didn't know. I, I was confused. I was wrong. I, you know, whatever the thing is, but it's like, I don't think you or I want to spin our wheels on anything, man. <laughs> Like, I don't want to waste my well, time doing something that. that's it's, not worth it or that's wrong by any means. Yeah, it's standing before Jesus and Jesus saying, man, look at the potential that you yeah. squashed in these individuals yeah. because you put burdens yeah. and chains on them that I wasn't putting on them. Right. Like, that would be the heartbreaking piece of like, man, right. the gospel could have spread further. More disciples would have matured in, in their relationship with Jesus and, and started to live out the Great Commission themselves. And I missed out on all those things because I thought it was important that everybody cuts off their pinky. And I was just trying to convince people that this was yeah. a good idea. Right. Um, yeah, that'd be that'd be heartbreaking. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's a simple gospel. It's a simple message that is the gospel. It's that Jesus came as God and and as a man, lived a life sinlessly, and then chose to accept death on the cross um, for us, chose to be the sacrifice that created the bridge from us to real relationship with God, conquered sin on our behalf, and took it on himself um, to conquer death. And the moment we start adding tests or physical sacrifices or books or preaching or teaching on top of those, that gospel, we start saying that's the truth. This is the gospel 2.0. This is the gospel 2.5. This is 2.8. This you know, like iOS updates. Um, the second we start doing that, the second we start leading people astray. And, and just like you said, leading people away from what their potential was um, in, in the way they would have been used in, in the kingdom. Um, and God has authority to correct all these things, but he often uses people like Paul and like you and I to, to be the voice piece to change those things. Um, but it's a lot better to just avoid them altogether and not have to, not have to bring about this huge revelatory change of like, you thought that was the gospel, but it wasn't. Um, it's a lot better to live there and, and just stay focused on what the gospel is rather than add to it. So, um, Josh, yeah. that's my and final here's, thought. Here's, yeah. here's Paul to the Romans. Um, I never really quoted part of this verse, but, um, you know, we've explained what the gospel is. And now here's Paul explaining how do you accept the gospel? Um, and I think this is an ongoing thing. Like, I don't, I don't think this is a one-time deal. And I don't mean ongoing in the sense of like, your salvation, you have to continue to believe this for it to be true. No, you're like moment in time belief in this, you know, doing these actions here in Romans 10, um, your salvation is some secured from this place forward or Jesus sacrifice wasn't enough. Right. Like that's the reality of it. Um, yeah. so, but I do think it's important to, 
to remind ourselves of these things because it remind it keeps us grounded to what the gospel is, right? Nothing else, nothing yeah. more, nothing less. But this is Romans chapter 10, starting with verse 9, and this is from the NIV. It says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. So Jesus is who he said he was, God, yeah. God, and God you know, incarnate God in the flesh and believe in your heart that he, so he did what he said he was going to do. Um, so you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be safe for this, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Verse 11, as scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. Um, and there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. There's no difference between, you know, Paul even expands that. Let's see further in, in other letters um, that the same Lord is Lord for all, for all and richly blesses all who call on him for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I think it's important to uh, verse 11. Anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. Um, when shame starts in, I think that's, um, from Isaiah, by the way. Um, I don't know for sure, but we'll say it's Isaiah. Isaiah always yeah. has the good ones, yeah. um, from, from the Jewish scriptures. But if shame is entering the equation for you, um, or you're trying to enter shame into the equation for somebody else, yeah. um, like you're in the wrong, you're no longer in, aligned with the gospel mm-hmm. and because Christ's sacrifice on the cross took my shame and your shame on himself and died in our place to take it away that we will never be put to shame that we get to live in the freedom of the gospel, which means when you sin, should you feel guilty? Absolutely. But the beauty of your guilt is you get to quickly turn back to Jesus and say, Jesus, this is what I did. I'm so sorry. And guess what? It's not like, Hey, here's the 17 things I need you to do moving forward. It's you're forgiven. I'm going to throw it as far as the East is from the West, as the Jewish scriptures tells us, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is, this is it. Um, I'm going to take care of it. You're, you're as white as snow. You're, you're, you're pure again, not because anything you've done, but because everything that Jesus has done. And that's the beauty of, of this gospel. So if you're placing shame on yourself, you're placing shame on someone else. If you're adding to things that they have to do um, for them to be, maybe a better way to say it is good Christians. Um, like good yeah. Christians do these things. And it's not relationship with Jesus. I'm sorry, you're wrong. Um, and we got to check ourselves. And, you know, people are watching your life um, and how you live this life. So live it by the same standard. Like, yeah. if you're feeling shame, like, tell the enemy to get the F off. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, but my Jesus took care of my shame. Like, you don't get to put that on me. If someone tries to put it on you, condemn them and be like, I don't think so, fool. Like, <laughs> yeah. You take that shame and shove it up your rear end. Like Jesus took care of my shame. Uh, right. That's, 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 that's graphic. I apologize. Um, but like, there's that piece of it. Like you can stand in the freedom that you now have in the gospel um, because of what Jesus did. Like right. hold on to those things. And when you hold on to those things, you're going to mirror those things to other people. And then you can help them overcome the things that have been attached to their gospel. Um, Cause you're like, no, like you shouldn't feel this shame. You shouldn't walk around. Like, you know, you're defeated for the next, you know, 10 years. Like yeah. you should recognize that you were wrong. You sinned against God and against man and you, but you've asked for forgiveness and it's time to move on. Um, that's the beauty of the gospel. 
Um, and I think so often that we have to add all these different things to it and we end up in these weird places yep. um, that Jesus never intended this to. And now hope is hard to find the burden for, you know, for this life is difficult and it's heavy. Um, and Jesus never intended it for, to feel that way or to be that way. Um, so, you know, be paying attention to those things and then help other people find the same freedom that you've already found, um, in Jesus and his gospel. I don't know if you have any other thoughts. Um, I thought those were important verses to read after you were, you were kind of walking through the gospel itself. Dude, that's Um, the perfect, that is the perfect final thought. And I'm not going to say anything to, to supersede it. That is the gospel. And that is the pure, true form uh, of what you need to know and what, what we need to know and what we need to be reminded of. So way to end it with a Homer. That was, that was perfect, man. Um, and no, this puts me so. about four minutes late to my Zoom call, so I got to bounce. Uh, oh, snap. <laughs> but, hey, thanks for listening. Yeah. We do really do appreciate it. Uh, yes. It means a lot to us. You've taken the time out of your busy schedule and your life um, just to walk through Jesus with us together. Um, we encourage you to take the time to read these verses in relationship with Jesus yourself um, and then share with us You know what Jesus is telling us. You can email us at hello at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. Um, we'd love to hear those stories. They're encouraging to us um, as they'd be encouraging to other people. And one day we'll get them on our website so other people can read those stories too. But it's, it seems like a lot of work. <laughs> All right. Uh, love you, As dude. always, my friend. Thanks for listening. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you. All right. Thanks for listening to our show. It really means a lot to us, and we hope that it helps bring you closer in your relationship with Jesus and with other people. And it also helps us out if you rate our podcast or leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. You can also follow us on Instagram and the Facebook. Now, sharing this with your friends isn't just to get the word out of the podcast. We believe that we have the message of hope that's found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you sharing this has the ability to transform the lives of the people around you. We want to hear from you. You can email us at hello at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. You can message us on Facebook and Instagram, or you can just visit us at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. But seriously, thanks for listening.